Hello. Wow, that was fast. I know I'm fast. Thanks. Well, um, hello everyone. Oh my god, hello. Hello, welcome back. Happy Saturday, or I guess whatever your day you're listening to this. But yeah, it's it's Thursday for us. Yeah, surprise. We pre-record sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes better than others. Well, welcome. How's your week been? It's been okay. Today was like crazy though. Same. The last couple <gasps> of days have been kind of crazy, and I'm like, eh. why? Um, just work stuff. <laughs> oh, just a lot of work stuff. But it was good in other ways. Like I hung out with my mom and my dad a lot, which is kind of nice. Just talking to them and like spending time, stuff like that. You live with them. What do you mean? Yeah, but most of the time I come home and I like go downstairs, take a nap, eat, go back to bed hang out do stuff or i leave the house or they're like doing their own thing or they're out of the house yeah anyway so today i like had to go to um glendale for uh, an inspection and so that's like 30 miles but it's like pretty much an hour like 15 minutes drive anything is an hour 15 minute drive in california if not longer i know right so like anyway i like i'm driving and like i miss my turn so i had to like make a u-turn so i made a u-turn and then like i went into instead of like making another u-turn i was gonna make a loop you know like i go into a driveway and then like come out of that driveway you know what i mean okay yeah um so i like did my loop and then like my car i got fucking stuck because because you know my car is low right right so like you have to drive your own car for and this sounds so pretentious you have to drive your own car for work um for the research position yes but for my lab position no okay um so yeah my car got stuck because like my car is really really low and like if it's too steep or if it's too sharp like going down or up my my car can't make it up or down so even like you know like drive drive driveways that like you know connects like the pavement to the driveway yeah what kind of car do you drive can you let people know what kind of car you drive just so they know what you're talking about oh okay yeah it's a it's a two-door coupe it's like a infinity g37 i want to say 35 i don't know don't even know yeah i was like i don't know it's black (laughs) it's cute (laughs) (laughs) it goes um yeah, so it's really, really low, and, like, it scrapes every time I go over, over a speed bump. So that's how <laughs> low you can imagine it is. I've bottomed, up car. I've bottomed out a couple cars in California before, so I know how that goes. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, my car got stuck. Like, I couldn't go forward or backwards. And it's not like snow where you could, like, you know, like, rock your car back and forth by switching it from, like, forward to reverse. Like, it's stuck. It's, like, stuck on, like, a like a pivot point or whatever. So neither of the tires are like touching the ground. Jeez. Um, so then this guy saw me and like he had to help me and like some other strangers had to help me and they had to push my car like backwards and it was really nice. But um, it was also very stressful. Did you wonder, but it was very nice of them. You wonder why your car has problems all the time. I know. I'm like, what? Is-? I'm like, ciao. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, oh that's funny because I kind of hit like a snowbank. Is that yesterday? Jeez. Yeah, yesterday. Because 
I had stayed at Miguel's house, but his car was parked behind mine and I was parked by the garage. So I was like, well, fuck, like how am I going to get out? So I just went to go grab the keys to the truck and I backed it up enough because I was like, I do like a three point turn in my driveway all the time. I can like back out and like turn around in the driveway and go. And then I tried to do that. And then I got kind of stuck. But then I was like, um, I just have to be really careful. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I messed up like the bottom of my car, but we'll see. We'll live. <laughs> Oops. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh Yes. Oh, our opener. Oh my God. What have you been obsessed what with? What have I been obsessed with? Mine is a product. Um, again, not sponsor. It's really just something that I wow. did myself. Um, I've been buying the Jack Black lip balms. And I, okay. I love them. They're so nice. I feel like they're the best chapstick or lip balm, lip chap that I've ever used in my life. And I like, I love them. Are you addicted to chapstick? You know what I heard? I heard that you're supposed to put like a moisturizer over your lips and then put chapstick on. Interesting. I've never heard that, but I guess it kind of makes sense. Because I feel like chapstick is like waxy mm-hmm. and it seals in moisture. So if you're feeling like chapstick does nothing for you, then try doing that. Interesting. Yeah, But is, is Jack Black the one with like the blue and the... Yep, blue tube, black top. Black... Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. really nice. I like them a lot. Um, I think they were they were doing like a holiday clearance pack at like Ulta. So they were like two for twelve dollars, which for like chapstick are kind of like looky. Um, but I got them and then I went back like a week and a half later and I bought more and I was like, I love them. <laughs> okay. I love them. They're my favorite. <laughs> and now that I have them, because I used to use the Nivea moisture chapsticks and i have like six of them just in my room because i buy them in bulk because i like to have chapstick everywhere um and i don't really care for them anymore like i feel like i've moved on damn okay well yeah okay work what have you been obsessed with um i (laughs) i've been obsessed with um working on impressions (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Please, please uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but I've been trying to do a Kitty Foreman impression. I don't know who that is. Like from, oh, that 70s show? Oh, I don't, I didn't watch that 70s show. I think I've watched like one oh. or two episodes. Sorry. Oh, I haven't really watched either, but I just like her character. <laughs> okay. She has a very specific laugh. She's like, ha 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 ha. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know, you guys, if it sounded like her. <laughs> um, and then I've been trying to do, like, a British accent, which I won't do now, but... And then... I don't know. Can you do any impressions or no? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I'm... I'm not going to do them now. I don't, know. Um, I don't feel like I'm good at impressions. I don't know. I feel like I just mock people, and, like, that's how I do impressions, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, some people do that. So. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I'm good at impressions. I try to do <laughs> like accents and things, but then I'm like, when is this okay? And when is it just racist? <laughs> so. What, what kind of accent are you doing? Um, God, what the fuck? Okay. I don't know. Just whatever accent comes to mind. Oh, God. Okay. Work. Yes. Uh, All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Cool time. Good time. <laughs> Good talk. 
good bit, you guys. Wow. Good job. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Okay, good job. <laughs> I still. That's the other thing. I'm so obsessed with those those stupid. I almost said vines, TikToks. Oh, you're supposed to TikToks? Yeah, the ones with the little preschool kids. I love them. My oh, my TikTok is like the algorithm is all fucked up. Because like it's like recently it's been like like I want to log on TikTok and like see funny videos. No, my TikTok is like you want to see like kids arguing with each other. Here's fifty TikToks about that. Oh, I just watched like the just ones TikTok that I, drama. I just watch the ones that I follow, and then I close the app, and that takes like all of thirty minutes, like once a week. Oh yeah, I I do both, like the explore and whatever, um, because there's been a lot of um, discourse recently about um, like the black and the Asian community. Oh yes, and all these fucking young little kids are like fighting each other about like who has it worse and like let's stick together and all this stuff i'm like oh my god i just wanted to watch like stupid videos but now here i am yeah that's yeah well maybe that just means you need to be on tiktok less i'm still like anti-tiktok even though i'm on tiktok i'm still like eh. yeah i i do tiktok like once every two weeks now wow like, who are you? Even, like, even when you texted me today, you're like, Lady Gaga's um, dogs got kidnapped. I was like, get the fuck off TikTok. Please stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's the only place. No, it's just like exhausting to see people like cyber argue all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I don't really care. Plus, I like, I don't know who these people are. So, huh. interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess we can just jump in because I feel like this is kind of like a hot button topic but i don't i don't know how much we'll touch into like those hot topics of this topic if that makes sense um but i wanted to hot topic hot, hot topic it's not hot <laughs> Ew, <gross>. anyway <laughs> zoomies you everyone there's enough osiris's for everybody please make an orderly fashion <laughs> disgusting <laughs> If you were Osiris's in middle school or high school, please reevaluate your life, and I hope you're better on. You're better off now. Thanks. It's not a phase, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like any other shoe was kind of like okay, like Etnies, cool. DC shoes, cool. But Osiris's, like, what? I don't understand. Ew. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> But I wanted to talk about um, immigrants and like immigration and just um, I know it's been a really big thing in the last few years. And I think there have been a lot of attacks on immigrant people, whether they're Latino. I know is a really big stigmatized um, group. Asians have been a big group as of right now. And then I was like, well, what are the statistics even for like immigrants coming into the U.S.? And what does that look like? And how come we don't care about the immigrants that are coming from European countries and immigrants that are that are white and they are, I guess you can say white American passing, but then you're like, well, they don't speak English either. So things like that. But also um, our family, we're all both descendants of immigrants. I mean, we all are, but I mean, I, I think we all say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, first and foremost, I mean, my mom immigrated to the U.S. in like 1980, 
nine, I want to say. Yeah, she's been here. That is so recent, to be honest. That's 30. No, that's like 30 years ago. Almost 40. Yeah, 30, 99. Yeah, that's very recent. Yeah, Yeah, but she's been here longer than she's ever was ever in Indonesia now at this point. (gasps) Yeah, so I mean, it's like a long time, kind of, but like she spent most of her life in America now. But yeah. When did your grandparents come to the U.S.? Oh, you know, you finished your story. okay. Well, my mom immigrated to America. Well, yeah, the U.S. I guess America is not just the U.S. Um, She immigrated when I wanted... She was... Oh, goodness. She's 21. So my uncle was a diplomat and worked for the embassy. And I think he was in the military, worked for the Air Force. And so he was going to be stationed out in Washington, D.C. And my mom had left her house and like living with my grandma to like shoot for whatever reason. I like knowing my mom. And if you knew my mom, you'd be like, why would you think you could do that? Um, She wanted to join the military. So she went to go stay with my uncle and she was like taking all the tests. Uh, Yeah. Latifah's mom is from Indonesia. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah. My mom is Indonesian. (laughs) She's just an immigrant. She just came here from nowhere. Um, yeah. But she had gone with my uncle and she was like doing all the military tests and things. And basically like in a lot of countries, you can pay your way through testing and like through positions. So that's what she was doing. But like my mom is five. Wait, yeah, what? Because my uncle was like high ranked. Um, they were like, oh yeah, we'll just like bypass whatever and we'll just give you whatever position job. Um but when it came to like the physical aspect of it, uh, my mom is like five foot. So they were like, yeah, we can't lie about how tall you are. <laughs> so she didn't pass. Um, so then she was just like staying with my uncle and they were like, what? wait, you have to be a certain I, I guess, at least at that time or that's what she told me. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But at that point my uncle was being stationed in DC and he was going to work in DC for a few years and he had three daughters and was married. Um, so he had offered my mom to say, Hey, you can go to school in America. You can cut, you can live with us. Everything we're going is paid for. Um, and you can get an American college education. And my mom honestly did not want to go. She had like no interest. And she's like, eh, I have no interest in moving to America. I'm fine where I'm at. I would rather just be in Indonesia. Like, nothing uh, but my grandma had convinced her to go and so she went and then they moved to dc in 1989 and my uncle was working at the embassy and my mom had to take started taking like esl classes and was going to um, a community college in northern virginia um did she speak english at all before i don't or think no? so no she said that she learned english by watching safe by the bell i was like that in oh, wow. um what is that show little house on the prairie <laughs> that's how she learned english so you know okay. so cute <laughs> um so she learned she went to like esl classes and she was going to like night school for that and then she was going to college and things um but she ended up meeting my dad in 92 maybe um but they were just friends and then my uncle's um his assignment was over so he was he went back and she was like, well, I'll just stay here and finish school. And then she started dating my dad. And then she never finished school. And then I got married and they moved to Minnesota. And they had me. Yay. 
Why did they move to Minnesota? Uh, my dad got a job with Northwest Airlines. So he took that job so my mom would have flight benefits to fly <clears> home whenever she wanted to. So she could like visit her family just because they live super far away, obviously. So, uh-huh. Wait, did they get married in Minnesota? Or they got married they in married? D.C. They got married um, at the courthouse. Oh. Um, it's funny because I asked my mom. Um, how my dad proposed and she was like he was naked and like knelt down like on the side of the bed like in the middle of the night one night and was like will you marry me and she was like yeah <laughs> she's like i yeah, guess then they went to the courthouse and they got married <laughs> and they had like a reception so like not very anything really crazy but my dad had been like he wanted to do like the whole big wedding thing and she didn't i don't think she cared because her family wasn't here um yeah but yeah they moved to did they go back to Indonesia? Did they like tell your grandparents like, "Hey, I'm married"? Um, now. I knew that my parents knew that they were dating, um, and I know that, I'm sure I know my mom told them that they were getting married, but my mom was living with my dad basically within like a few weeks of them starting to date. I mean, they were like friends prior, um, and my grandma to the day she died never knew that my mom lived with my dad before she was married. Like no include, like no recollection had never been told, and I was like, "Damn, you just you just lied." She's like, "No, I just didn't tell her." I was like, "That's she's not gonna know." I was like, "That's lying." She's like, "Eh, it's fine." I was like, Girl, "Mom, crazy." I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I guess, I guess, mom." But yeah, they've been in Minnesota ever since. My parents have been together. I'm told I'll be 26 this year. They've been married for 27 years this July. Um, does she have any like hardships like moving? Like, does she was she homesick? Oh, was, absolutely. Was it hard because she didn't know any um, English? Tell yeah, us, so she struggled. I mean, my mom made really good friends. Um, I mean, my mom is a people person, and she likes people, and people like my mom. And she became like a manager at like a fast food restaurant called Roy Rogers, which is basically like a Hardee's um, or like a Carl's Jr. And this, how old is she? And like, does she spoke English? Yeah, so she actually had learned Spanish too at this point because a lot of the people who worked there were Spanish speaking. So they taught her Spanish and she learned Spanish and English. Um, And she had made friends in her ESL class. Um, that were from different places. And uh, I still have a couple, my mom says aunts, I would call them my aunts. And they're from Suriname. So they're from South America, but they speak Indonesian because um, people in Suriname speak Indonesian because they are a Dutch colonized country as well. So some Indonesians kind of came over to Suriname when they kind of are back and forth back in the day. So she had good friends that way. Uh, but my mom is still the only one in her entire family that's in the U.S. Everybody else is in Indonesia. Um, it was really hard, I know, after she had me because, I mean, my grandma came. My dad went to go pick up my grandma in Indonesia and, like, flew back. Her flew her back so she could be with my mom. But she was like, I had to figure out everything out on my own. Um, and she struggled with that. And I think what was really hard for her, even, like, recently, um, was when my grandma passed five years ago um now my mom couldn't fly back in time for the funeral and anything because they happened so quick um and just not being able Mm -hmm. to be there um and see her was really tough on her so but um when my parents moved to minnesota um my mom was actually at the mall of america i think with my dad 
um, and she heard some Indonesian people speaking in Indonesian and she like freaked out and ironically it was Jovita and I think somebody else I think like Weeby's mom or something um, and she was like oh my gosh there is there are Indonesians here that's crazy like you would never think you'd find Southeast Asians in like the Midwest type of thing so mm-hmm. um, thankfully she had befriended them and I mean they're all still friends to this day yeah, yeah, they're they like are. still oh. really tight. My mom calls her friends like the Indo Mafia, and like they're hardcore. <laughs> like, yeah, they do drive by. <laughs> yeah. um, but they started the Minnesota yeah, Indonesian Society together, and I mean that's what the community she's been able to base off of um, in Minnesota the last twenty five, twenty six years. Yeah, I was gonna say they do drop they do drive bys where they um, drop off food. basically. Yeah, they have. Um, I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she's like, "Yeah, they did um, Lunar New Year party where they all got like, um, like Chinese dresses, and they made Chinese food, like traditional Chinese food, and they had like um, little setups. They do Korean night where they eat Korean food and they watch Korean dramas. Um, they are the cutest. They do like cabin trips. They have like sleep slumber parties all the time." And they do karaoke nights. They make TikToks together. And I was like, what are you guys going to do this weekend? She's like, we're going to drink and make TikToks. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, they're super cute. And they it's really cool to see um, her be able to have that community here. And um, even right now, like I'm drinking like an Indonesian iced tea. Like one of her friends works at a um, Asian store in St. Paul. And she works on getting imports and things for Indonesian people so they have Indonesian products and stuff here so it's kind of cool so yeah but my like in retrospect my mom had no interest in like becoming an American coming to America even now I don't think she wants to um, be buried here when she passes Uh, but she also doesn't want to become a citizen like she has no interest really no because she's like Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So, what was that like? She has She's her, her green card. Yeah. Green so, card? even I guess that's. But isn't she? Yeah. Married? So, my mom is married to my dad. Um, and because she was married, even before they got married, they had to do like an interview process with the embassy to make sure that she wasn't just marrying him for the green card. So, they had to go through interviews and stuff for her to prove that like they were actually together for her to be able to stay in the US. Um, but because she's married to my dad, she just has to renew her visa or green card every few years. Um, mm-hmm. Did she lose it? Probably. Or was that my mom? Your mom has a green card. Oh, I thought your mom was mm-hmm. a citizen. Oh no, 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 she doesn't. She has like her uh, alien oh. card, I think, or whatever. She never. Yeah, my mom didn't, and she doesn't really have an interest. She did for a little bit, but she was like, "Eh, if they want to deport me, and I have to go. I have to go." But at the same time, like she says, I ask her sometimes. She's like, give me a reason Basically. to go back. But I've asked her sometimes, and she's like, no, I don't think I would move back to Indonesia. She's like, I don't know what it would be like for me now. She's like, I'm kind of Americanized, and um, she's like, yeah. all my friends are here. And she's like, I have friends there, but like, just the lifestyle is so different, and it's not the same. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm, that's fair. Maybe they'll retire and That's what my, they want to do. My dad wants to retire, and then they'll live here. Um, in like the warmer months, but in the winter they want to be snowbirds. 
but what they want to do mm-hmm. <laughs> all the way no Indonesia. literally they want to go and like live in different countries for like three months at a time yeah so oh. they do like indonesia they want to go to like europe or like like live in the mediterranean for three months and do that that's what they want to do after my dad retires because my mom's not working anymore but yeah and i was like y'all are crazy yeah okay yeah, okay, like, work. Okay, whatever. Do you? But yeah, it's it's interesting, and I think it's you growing up as a child of an immigrant. You kind of learn your culture, but you also have to learn to be American. And I know that like that's a struggle a lot of the time with like first generation kids, um, and for the parents too. But um, I've always been really thankful, like because my mom is from Indonesia, I've been able to travel um, a lot and be able to see the world and kind of see. Um, a different perspective of things and I think that just helps people's mindsets when it comes to things like immigration or just how to treat people or how people can be different but like we're all still human and we're all just trying to get by and there's just like little differences here and there that are cultural and how to deal with things but that's cool my mom's pretty cool she cooks a lot why you say she? I she whatever she is because everybody loves her. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, your parents are so cool. And I'm like, please stop. <laughs> they're okay. Ew. Yeah. No, they're really cool, and I I love them for that, and I lo- I admire her a lot um, for being able to like move to a like I could not imagine moving to a completely different country where you don't know anybody, you don't know the language, and then you get married to this guy. <laughs> not just this guy but you get married and then you have a kid and like for me I know that when I end up having kids and I'll be like mom please help me I don't know what I'm doing and like she didn't really have that option like she really just had to figure things out for herself and like fend for herself and they had a good support system and like friends and stuff and my dad's family Uh, but it's I don't know it's not the same and like knowing how much I need my mom especially in my like early to mid-20s I can only imagine how she felt but she does well for herself now. I mean, she ended up running a daycare for almost 20 years and had her own business. And now she caters and is trying to work with like restaurants to sell her food in like some cafes. And she does well for herself. Mm-hmm. I just like that she was like, you want to go study in America? <sighs> yeah, oh I guess. Whatever. Whatever. She's like, I guess I can take advantage of this opportunity. But yeah, she had no interest. But even when they were here, they like traveled a lot. It's like she went to Mexico, they went to Canada and like um, she got to do a lot of cool things in her early 20s that way. Yeah. So was she here on like what? A green card? Don't you have to be like special circumstances? Like Um, I think once you get married, you're okay because you were technically have a sponsor. Oh, they're like first. Oh, so because they were here on like a work one because my uncle was here for work, I'm pretty sure. Or like a military visa or something like that. So then once she started, she could probably get a student visa because she was going to school here. And then she married my dad. And that was it. But yeah, after I turned 18, I technically could become her sponsor, but she just. Wait, what? How long was she living here? And then my mom moved here in 89, and then she got married to my dad in 94. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so she was years. she had been here for a little while and but yeah. Yeah, okay. Work. Well, I mean, do we want to jump into something else? You want to take a break? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, let's let's uh, take a break, you guys, and then I'll I'll say my story, my family story, and then we can talk about immigrants like today and like issues well, and like, DACA. Cool. And I think Latifa wanted to talk about um, not like, illegal, illegal and undocumented said, like, because nobody is illegal. No, just I, that's something I've that's something I've learned recently. I didn't know <laughs> that either, but I was like, okay, that makes sense. I think I was like, I like that. So illegal you're not supposed to say illegal what? because people aren't illegal. You can't be illegal on land. Oh. Like this makes sense. But you're undocumented immigrant. You're an undocumented immigrant is what I guess the proper term is. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, enjoy my anger commercial and we'll be back. Thanks. Okay. That <gasps> was fast. I didn't see you there. Okay. Well, we're back. Well- what up, bitch? Ow. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yes. So Latifa shared her story about her mom. Um, and so I will share my story about my family. Um, I'll try and make this quick. Because How do we feel about the longer episodes, you guys? Comment down below. Yeah, let us know. I know we've been trying. We've been getting a little longer, and I feel like this one might be a little longer than those ones, too, just given the topic. But I don't know if it needs to be broken up in parts or you're like, I can't fucking listen to them for an hour and a half straight. That's okay. Let me know, because sometimes I can't listen to myself for an hour and a half straight. Let us know, you guys. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so uh, my family is... Hmong. Um, we are from uh, Laos um, and Thailand. And um, so basically, my grand- I guess I'll share my paternal side more. Um, because my maternal side is a little bit different. And I don't really know that story as much. Because when you're like, when you're Hmong and whatever, you're you say with your dad's side. So I know like most of my history of my dad's side, my mom's side, not quite so much. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so what was I saying? You're going to tell your paternal about your parents. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, oh my God, there's so much history here. Okay. So do you guys know this thing? It's called the Vietnam War. <laughs> Never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, true. And um, so that was happening. And at the same time, that that was happening um they were basically using laos as like um what is it called it's like a war it's zone, like a war basically. zone it was like completely bombed laos is really really small but for some reason it was bombed like a million times or whatever um and it was like an area for the american army to like go through and like use as you know um land that they could like march through and like used to hide or whatever shit like that anyway so vietnam's war is going on laos getting fucked up and so basically the american like cia or whatever is like hey we need Hmong people to like search for down planes and like if you guys could do some guerrilla warfare tactics like that'd be cool yeah that'd be like sickening that'd be fierce fake let me hear makes noise or whatever (laughs) (laughs) fake let me hear makes noise um I hate you. <laughs> uh so so that's going on um and at that time my 
grandpa is like being trained and all Hmong men his age are being trained to do guerrilla warfare tactics and to be pilots and to be um I think my grandpa was more on the intelligence side so they had him because he could speak like Lao and Hmong and uh, French and whatever Thai Uh, so he was more on the intelligence side but there were like a lot of Hmong people Hmong men being trained to do like a bunch of stuff um so that's happening. I don't know if he actually fought in the war. There's pictures of him um, and whatever else, but a lot of Hmong people did fight in the war. And um, Vietnam fell. And then after that, well, okay, so during that, America is like, Hmong people fight for us. Hey, yes, <laughs> queen. <laughs> and uh, in return, like, you can come back as like refugees or whatever else. So that was a promise. Surprise. That is not yeah, and, how this story and plays surprise, out. That's not what happened because when <laughs> Vietnam fell and Laos, Laos also fell um, because the Viet Cong was like, fuck, fuck Laos, bitch. Fuck all these Hmong people. Communist rules or whatever. Um, yeah, people were like, the path that Lao and like the Viet Cong were like, Hmong people, get the fuck out of here, bitch. We're gonna start fucking killing you. And so the Hmong people were like, Hey, America, remember when you were like, let me. You told us that you would let us live there? Yeah, like what happened? And then the Hmong people, or, and then America was like, Actually, that was a part of the CIA. Like, it's not a government. We don't know yeah. you anything. Yeah, they were like, uh, ex- Who? Who is this? I don't know her. She was like, <laughs> uh, New number, who this, or whatever. Or new phone, who this? Um, yeah, so America was like, bitch, fuck y'all, okay? And then at the last minute, it and it took a lot of convincing, but at the last minute, um, and this is not historically accurate because I'm like making it into like, I'm inserting memes where I can. But at the last minute, America changed their mind and they were like, okay, fine. Like, Hmong people like, get in. Like, like They were like, fucking get in the car, get bitch. In, girl. Yeah. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of other countries were like, okay, we're going to start taking these Hmong refugees and stuff. Um, so my family, my paternal side is a lot different from other people's, other Hmong people's struggles. Because when you talk to a Hmong person, they will tell you that like, oh, like our family, like we were running from the Viet Cong and the path that Lao and they were shooting us and we had to swim across the Mekong River. This is like a very typical story. And we had to like, you know, hide at night and like try and only go at night because people were killing us. And, um, and when we finally made it to Thailand where the refugee camp is, we were, you know, we had to wait and we had to be accepted into the, the Thai refugee camp or whatever. That is a very typical story. My paternal side is different because they were actually one of the first families to get airlifted out of, I forgot what city, Long Chang. I think. How lucky. I know. It's very, very lucky that they were, and very, very blessed that they were able to get airlifted. Um, so they basically just got on a plane and then went right to Thailand. Um, whereas my mother's side was different. It was that typical, like, running through the forest. And I actually think my grandma was pregnant with my mom at the time. And I think my mom was born on a dirt road or something, she said. I don't know if she is being dramatic because my mom loves to add flair to her stories, but I'll have to ask her. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Hey, Sai. Hey, Sai. Hey. I hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't know. 
because uh, I'm like always talking about like uncut dick and like whatever else, <laughs> which is <laughs> very important to me. But whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so so that's happening. My family spent some time in the um, refugee camps, and finally they get a sponsor. You have to be sponsored, um, and in a in order to leave the refugee camp and go to America. Um, so they find a sponsor in Iowa, Clinton, Iowa. And so they moved to Clinton, Iowa. And this is 1970, maybe 74, 75, because my dad was born in 72. And when he moved, he was like three, I think. So they moved to Clinton, Iowa, and then after a few years, they moved to um, Minnesota because the Hmong population is bigger in Minnesota. Um, and I think my it took a very, very long time for them to become citizens. Um, they were refugees. I think they had like their alien card or whatever. And I think it took my family... I think my dad said that he was... I like nine years old or something when they finally got his citizenship. So it takes a very, very long time. It's not like one and done. How many kids did your grandparents have again? Is it five? Um, so my grandparents have Eileen, Sharon, oh, Eileen, Kristen, Sharon, my dad, Roger, uh, were all born in Laos. And then the youngest uncle James is born in America. So he's like, I don't think I've ever met your aunt Kristen. Um, I yeah, uh, I don't think you have. You met her kids, but I don't think you've never ever met her. Who are her kids? Um, Isaiah and oh, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. anyway, move on. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, so uh, where was I in my story? You made me lose focus. Um, so. they became citizens. Yeah, they became citizens, and then they're living in Minnesota and. It was really hard for them. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that. It's really well, hard for them. Well, didn't you say that your grandpa was like, oh, everybody loved us when we were here. Yeah, yeah. I, like, well, I think that's one thing that my grandpa, when when he was he got older, kind of forgot about. Because, And I'll say this as well. My family is very... We are Hmong, but we're very, very different. And I think it's very important to say because... Some Hmong families, when they come to the U.S., they are very, very poor. They have to live with their family. They have to really struggle. And they live, you know, in like the, what is it called? Like the McDonald homes and like whatever other homes. Oh, like Section 8 housing and yes, like yeah. they have to They have to live there and kind of scrape their way by. A lot of Hmong families will tell you that it's very, very hard. But for my family specifically... Because my family was on the wealthier side in Laos, and because my grandpa was, he was um, the superintendent for all the schools in, like, that area, um, he, like, he already knew how to speak English and, like, French and, like, Thai and Lao and Hmong. So when he came to the U.S., like, and also because they had a good sponsor, he they got a job like immediately for him um and then mm. and then my grandma also got a job in a, in the same factory and she was like telling me stories about this um 
And then he got a job uh, working at like a school as a like as a teacher or like as an interpreter or something. Um, and so he he's very lucky because he's educated and he had a good sponsor, whereas other Hmong families were not so lucky. So yes, when when we were asking my grandpa, they were like, "Oh yeah, they everyone loved us. Like we had so much fun and whatever else." Like I think age and the fact that that he was very privileged just kind of like rough or it kind of smoothed out all the rough edges and he was only remembering the good parts but my family my aunts and my dad will tell you that like it was very very hard living um as the only like Hmong family in Clinton Iowa um just you know obviously like they were an easy target to be bullied and you know you're always the outsider um, especially like post-war like the yeah. racism against like anybody that's southeast asian or like looks asian yeah. i mean even you will see that even now today even more predominantly but yeah. because i think that a lot of like refugees they serve as a reminder especially if you're vietnamese or southeast asian they serve as a reminder of like oh america you lost you know what i mean Right. Like, we didn't come out on top on, like, any of the wars that we fought in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Really. So, my family will tell you that, you know, it was very, very hard, but my grandpa would tell you otherwise, maybe. (laughs) Um, He was like, it was cool. Yeah, it was like, he was like, it was fierce, it was sickening, like, or whatever. Um, What else can I say? Um, How did you, how did your family adjust and like, because they were off, how did your um, parents end up? Like, how did their, how did they do with things? Or like, where are they at now? Um, So it was very hard to adjust, Uh, you know, coming from Laos, they moved, I think, right before, right before winter. I think they moved like in November or something, but it was already snowing. So they had to deal with the snow and like just in Clinton, Iowa, there's no other Hmong families. I think there was one other Hmong family that, you know, that we're obviously still very close to today moving from um, Clinton, Iowa to Minnesota to be with more family. It, it was just really hard for them because that's it. I mean, they left their family in Laos. I think my great grandfather was there so my grand my grandpa's dad and my grandpa's grandpa were there and and they basically were like my grandpa to them was like we gotta go are you gonna come with us or not and they were like no so most likely they were killed by either the Viet Cong or the path at Lao um and it was really hard for my grandpa and my grandparents to like just up and leave um, so when they went to Minnesota, it's like, that's it. Like, you can't like call home for help because everyone that you know is either in the refugee camps or they're dead. Um, did your grandparents have, I know your grandma had siblings or has siblings. Did they have any other family members or siblings that came to America or were they like the only ones in their family? Um, I think my grandpa on my dad's side has one sister that did come and that they live in Fresno. Um, my grandma has more, but they settled in other places like Wisconsin and Michigan. Actually, her older brother settled in France um, oh. because France was one of the countries that was accepting refugees. And so they went to France initially. 
here is an interesting there are a lot of southeast asian immigrants in france because i know a lot of vietnamese people yeah a lot of vietnamese people live in france for some reason but um anyways as i was saying study uh no it's fine um they went to france and then they didn't like it they wanted to come to the u.s so they came to the u.s but they came as undocumented immigrants so they had to use, like, if they wanted a job, they had to use, like, their friends or their family's social security number. And and then finally, they were able to become American citizens. But when you think of, like, undocumented immigrants, it's not just, I think when people will say undocumented, they think of, uh, like, Latino or, like, Mexican undocumented immigrants because that's, like, yep. I guess that's the majority. or that's Like the trigger. Yeah, that's what's been told to you in the media and that's what's been um, told you to like kind of like uh, demonize to be afraid yeah, of. yeah yeah but i mean undocumented immigrants come from everywhere girl and for all you literally Asian everywhere bitches thinking like oh my god yeah like these mexican people need to go back to mexico bitch believe it or not you probably have cousins and aunts and uncles that are undocumented how so and that's are you do you want to say anything else about your family because that's what i wanted to get into next um I- i'll say this and we can get into it is that i I um it's it's very hard for me to talk about my family history because as you know my grandpa passed away in September um and his passing was like not at all how I expected it, him to go um I I always imagined that he would pass away at home and then you know on his deathbed he would be telling us all these stories about when he was younger and like how my grandparents met and like the war and like all these other stories but in reality what happened was that he once he came back home in hospice he was alive for like probably a week um he was very incoherent and he would say something but he would like reply with like gibberish and so i wish that i knew more um but i don't and and maybe one day i have to like fucking pry open my grandma and be like bitch what happened or whatever um but that's it's what i really wanted to say it's really unfortunate it's really unfortunate because even that's kind of how it was when my uncle passed this last year because he really was like our family historian mm. um and knew like all the family stories and like where we came from and what we did because he was the oldest and mm. it's like um so it's tough when you lose people like that especially as immigrants because obviously like the way that america paints any immigrant is never in like a great light and it's always like well they do this and they want to take our jobs they want to do all these things and i'm like ah but like with Hmong people it's like no you promised us that we could be here and like you would look out for us because we literally were trying to kill people who one look like us and you're putting you're pitting us against each other and just be like eh y'all be okay (laughs) good luck yeah and i uh i i think that's where the difference comes between like Asian people and Asian people that look at like undocumented immigrants like Latino or Mexican is that a lot of the people here that are what the fuck am I saying a lot of Asian people that are here are either like your mom um they come Mm -hmm. from like noble families or they have money or they come for school or they're like my family which is like they are refugees it's like a war-torn country type of situation and so when they have success and when they find riches or whatever they're like okay but 
I was like, okay, work. Like I, I'm here. I was a refugee at one point, but look at me now. And I feel like when they look at undocumented immigrants, they're like, why can't you do that too, bitch? Like, hello. But in reality, like, that's like not, it's like not the same story, whatever. No, not at all. And that's something that gets me because I know I've had this conversation with other people who I've heard them say things about immigrants. And I'm like, but you're an immigrant too. So I don't know why you think that you would be better than somebody else. Like, Mm -hmm. that's something that really bothers me. Uh, And I know that this happens and Americans aren't the greatest at this either. And I was talking uh, over Christmas uh, because I have a family friend who she is the she's her she's first generation like Czechoslovakian but her parents don't get looked at weird because her her parents her mom speaks English and they're white Mm -hmm. but they're immigrants and I mean I hate to play this card but a lot of the time people are like well my family's been here for blah 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 such and such time but it's like white immigrants get a passing where it's like my dad's family has been in America for literally generations and honestly not by choice because of slavery but because of that we've been in america so much longer but we're not treated as american as white americans and like that's something that doesn't sit right with me a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um because people just assume or i don't know if you remember a couple years ago there was like a surge in um, russian immigrants Mm-hmm. Uh, Russian like pregnant women moving to the U.S. so they could have their babies here, yeah, um, and have anchor babies. But like nobody batted an eye about that. But like God forbid, a woman from like Guatemala comes here and has a baby here and like wants to have a, her baby be an American and like use that to her advantage. But mm. it's things like that. Yeah, I don't, I think that just speaks volumes to like America and how American society always wants to pro- protect this type of like white superiority or white is right because mm-hmm. as a person of color it's like yes we are the perpetual foreigner you know what i mean like we will always be looked at as not truly american um and white Which is stupid yeah. because white people are not american like that's yeah. like people that are here honestly like indigenous people who are from central america or more american than any white person that's here because they this is indigenous land at the end of the day and they were here first it wasn't until we got here and we're like hey we're gonna add some borders to this place and that it's like oh actually now you can't be from here even though you were here before but now this is america and now you don't belong like that's so stupid like none of that makes any sense you know Mm -hmm. so it's interesting um i forgot what i was gonna say um, 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 yeah, I mean, what was I saying? Like the perpetual foreigner, like we will always be, um, we'll viewed always be as, as different. Other. And, um, what? <laughs> what? I'll what? say this. What I was the? looking, I was looking at some statistics cause I was curious cause I was like, there's no way that all these people are immigrants and like any of this really makes any sense. So I had looked up um, what the percentage of what people were ethnically when they come to the U S and this is just a report and some statistics from 2018. Um, and it says that the incoming immigrant population at that time, 33% of them were Hispanic or Latino 
Uh, and actually, which is kind of crazy to me, 66 were Asian. 66% of immigrants were Asian. So it's like technically statistical wise. And when Calvin, Calvin's right, like there are a lot of illegal Asian immigrants here and people don't really look. Yeah, y'all to just don't anything. know. Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, there were there were articles like recently in um in Minnesota that was like, hey, like Cambodian people, Lao people, Hmong people, they're getting, guys deported. Are getting deported. Yeah, yeah. And it's just interesting to me to have Hmong people be like, oh no, but at the same time, in that same breath, be like, but Latinos, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are you doing girl. It's so crazy. And I, I talk to my mom a lot. And my mom is really open and she has a lot of different beliefs than some of her friends on like immigrant status and things. Um, because she is she is here and she's grown up here. Well, not I mean, technically she's grown up. She's been here her, basically her entire adult life. Um, but she'll say like, I know, she's like, I don't understand. And my aunt, my aunt said it really well. She's like, people, when we come here, because she's Indonesian as well, she... Is like we come here and we don't know the American history. Like we don't know how um, Americans treated us sometimes during war times or how they treat um, black people or how they treat indigenous people. So we just think if we're doing the right thing and we can fly under the radar, then we're going to think that they're okay and they like us. So why would we mess that up for ourselves? You know? Yeah. So and I think people don't realize how easy it is to become an undocumented um, immigrant like you can your visa can expire and mm-hmm. then you're undocumented all of a sudden and like that's it or you overstay your welcome or like you just don't go you don't buy a plane ticket back and things and it's just that easy like it's not always people like trying to cross the border and like sleeping outside or like buying or trying to like be um, concealed in a van or something like a lot of the time it's these people who just take a plane trip they come here for vacation and then they don't go home and then they just kind of start a life here mm-hmm. yeah so, so it's interesting and I thought that was a really interesting t- statistic because I had asked my mom and I was like do you think there are a lot of Indonesian illegal or not illegal but undocumented immigrants here and she's like oh yeah for sure there's definitely a lot she's like maybe not in Minnesota but yeah they're definitely here and she's like you probably know some it's just that they won't say anything to you and they're not going mm-hmm. to draw attention to themselves <laughs> Excuse me. Hello. <laughs> what? I had a hiccup. Like, I had a hiccup. Um, God, are you going to be hiccuping? No, I think I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> sure. But um, yes, but I, 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 I just wanted to say, like, yes, um, forever foreigner, and I think that just speaks to the fact that white Americans are on this like. They're on edge. They just feel like, oh my god, like white culture, white Americans, we're disappearing. We're gonna Which lose power what? one day. What is that? I don't know what that is. What is white culture? I don't yeah. know. But like white, the term white is always like changing. Do you know what I mean? Like when back in the day, white people really only meant like English and French and like Italians and like, and, like Irish, were, like, Jewish flop. people, were like uh, yeah. not us. They're, like shit. And then it changed to include them. And then now in like Seattle, something they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna team up white and Asian people. Have you read that article? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, mm, okay, great. Fierce and sickening, but that doesn't make any sense at all. So um just the perpetual foreigner always is um it is uh said to kind of create this difference between white and other and kind of keep white 
in power. Um, that's what I want to say about that. And then quickly I'll say this and then we can take a break or whatever is that, um, yeah, people do have like fucking babies here and Chinese people do it all the fucking time. All and the time. All, all the time. Like if you don't believe me, bitch, Chinese girls will come here and like have a baby and then leave. And they don't, they don't know that they're, people don't know that they're pregnant because they can like conceal their stomach. Mm-hmm. So they come here like when they're like three months pregnant Ready and then pump. they like, and then they like give birth here to have an American born child. And it's like, okay, that's insane. And also it just speaks volume to their privilege. Cause, uh, and this is controversial, but bold bitch. <laughs> Chinese people, Japanese people, you guys are the white people of Asia, okay? You, they, y'all bitches are everywhere. That's, uh, I mean, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you what you mean, though. Like, hello. And I, I know what you mean by that, because whenever anybody's like, oh, you're Asian? Are you Chinese, Japanese, Korean? It's like, uh, no, that's not what it is. Like, anybody, and th- this sounds so bad. I don't think I have a lot of East asian um friends i have a couple i know i can think of a couple you, you Japanese. Wouldn't. you wouldn't because like if you're in minnesota it's like everyone's southeast asian kind of most people are southeast asian there is a decent chinese population but they mostly keep to themselves um yeah. which is honestly true in all ethnic and like southeast asian groups for the most part um and i guess we just differ because we grew up and we're in a group that didn't really allow that or like we just all were friends just all just happened to be well not even all of us were southeast asian some people were just south asian um yeah which is fine but yeah same sentiment (laughs) like it's it's very scrutinizing and i think those are a lot of the times the people who unfortunately are supporting like this white superiority complex and the reason that white people will look to asian um, immigrants and Asian descendants or Asian Americans, if that's something you identify as, to do that is they they know that you will kind of be obedient because that's the that's the picture that they've painted with Asian immigrants. It's like, oh, they're the ideal immigrant. They can do this, and we can convince them of this because a lot of the time those people, like you said earlier, were sponsored to come here by these people. And they're like, well, if you guys can be on top, we can also be on top. But their allyship to Asian immigrants is only to better themselves. It has nothing to do with bettering Asians, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. I'll say I'll say two things and then we'll have to take a break. One is that when I said that Chinese and Japanese people are colonizers, I meant like they like they're fucking everywhere. Like they colonized like oh, yeah. all the other Southeast Asian countries and we're supposed mm-hmm. to be like fierce and sickening. And, and then two is that, oh, fuck. What was I gonna say? Shit. Um, oh my god, shit! What was I gonna say? Uh, I was gonna say something because you oh were like, on, you were going on about something. Oh my god. Whatever. Let's take a break and then I'll say if I remember. We'll take a break. Kevin will refresh his brain and um, we'll be right back. Okay. Bye. Lol. Oh my. Okay. Okay. I remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Lol. Um, I'll say this and then we can go on to talk about like undocumented immigrants like from Mexico or whatever. Because I feel like we've been talking about like Asian for a while. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what I wanted to say was that Latifa was mentioning about like, yeah, if you come here on like a student visa or whatever else. I wanted to say that, yes, like the model minority is that Asian people are like smart and whatever else. But you have to remember. 
we have to remember that the model minority was manufactured. It's like not a real thing because mm-hmm. when um, the Chinese Exclusion Act happened, America was like, no more Chinese bitches. And then when they finally opened it, they were like, okay, Chinese bitches, you can come, but if only if you're a smart hoe. So then all, of course, like all these rich, all these smart Asian people, like from in South Asia, India, Pakistan, and like Jap- Japan, I was like, Japan, 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 uh, Japanese, uh, China and like Korea, like whatever else, they all were left to come. So obviously it's, it, it looks like Asian people are fucking smart. So then you have two groups. You have this group that's like really, really smart. That is like, you better be smart to come in here. And undocumented people, you got to be smart. So all these Latino people, I don't know, you're, you're sneaking in here, but I got in here because I was a smart child. Okay. Um, why am I talking like that? I don't know. Um, On one. And, and then you have um, another group, which is like my family, um, these refugee families from Southeast Asia that came in. And now they're looking at these undocumented immigrants like, okay, but if you were really in trouble, then you would be refugees. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you were really in trouble, like... Someone would have bailed you out. Someone yeah, or whatever. Or, or or not only that, but now that you're in here, you better be thankful like us because we're thankful that we're here. Even though America almost said no to us, we're still thankful that we're here, girl. Right. And what's so ironic about that is, is like, it's very apparent. And granted, like, Minnesota it has, I think, the highest Somali population in the yeah. U.S. because like it, Minneapolis and St. Paul is kind of um, a sanction or sanctuary cities. Um, yeah. So we take a lot of those people in. But America is so anti-refugee and has been for the last few years. Like it is so difficult for refugees of any nationality, of any race to be to be here and they're scrutinized. And I know I can speak for myself and like I've had beliefs that are wrong or just were kind of instilled to believe certain things about refugees and like Somali people are very scrutinized in Minnesota, like so mm-hmm. much so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like refugees yeah. as a whole. It, so it just kind of evolves. It's very sad. It, well, I'll say this. God damn it, Tifa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bitch. Uh, one is that growing up, it's very interesting to see like the changing demographics of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When people hear Minnesota, they think like, oh, white people, which is Country true. Yeah, yeah, it's like cornfields or whatever. But it's also very interesting because you really get to see from when I was growing up, you can see like the influx of uh, Hmong Americans. And then Mm -hmm. it was like uh, Somali Americans. And then it was the Karen. And then it was the Russian for a while. And then also like Liberia and Um, Nigerian, Nigerian. a lot of um, Somali Eritrean or... um, Ethiopian a lot. Oh, yes, Ethiopian. That's what I wanted to say. Um, there's a lot of people from there. Um, or a lot of Filipino people come to Minnesota. So it's like, it's interesting. And I wanted to touch back on what you said about um, all these smart immigrants and smart Asian immigrants coming in. Is All these people that are coming in are from places where you basically are like money talks the same way it does here. Like you can buy an education, you can buy this. And that's why so many of those countries that are like very caste system based or very status based, those are the people that they're sending over. But if you really look at it, most Asian families in America live in poverty. Like it's really a low, it's a very low percentage that are like really well off and wealthy. So it's, it's ironic that 
once some like once people have something they're like they forget about everybody else which is unfortunate Mm -hmm. um but that's just kind of how things are like there aren't a lot of i mean i can tell you that there's probably a lot more chinese immigrants living in poverty than like are fucking living with billions of dollars and like yeah. going on the U of M campus with their like fucking Louis Vuittons and like oh bitch. <laughs> international students international fucking students are so annoying I used to go to um the school in California and I had a friend who was Chinese and I was he'd be like I have a test today and I was like how do you have a test today like you just had a test like this past week and he's like oh yeah that's because i'm like testing for someone else and i was like what are you talking about and he's like oh like international chinese students they'll pay me to take their tests for them right and i'm like these bitches like what are you these bitches doing i wish i could do that and these little like fucking international students are driving around in the fucking bmws Uh fucking in alhambra um and like not even going to school, and I was like, they remind insane. me of the um, celebrity kids who paid their way to get into school. It's like the same, oh yeah, same thing to me. It's like the same thing, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about. Um, you want to talk about Latin, Latino, Lati- Latinx immigrants? Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I think it's something that's really scrutinized. Um, it's no secret at this point in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> my boyfriend is Mexican. Surprise, Miguel. I. Honestly, I went a whole hour without bringing him up, and I'm really proud of myself. So thank you. So. Yeah. Wow. Look at me. Thank you, self. Wow. <laughs> but like, I I have learned a lot in just stating that. But I've had a lot of Latina Latino friends growing up, um, and it's really tough to see. And I I think it's unfortunate that people are like, oh, let's build this wall around Mexico. And here I am in fucking Minnesota, and I'm like what about the northern border like why are we not worried about the fucking canadians just like jumping on over like driving over the border and then like they're, they're just here like why is it not the same thing and i hate to be this way but it's because it's about race and honestly i don't think people would leave canada to come to america i know i was like i, I, don't, I wouldn't i would not leave canada to yeah I'm like, sorry no i'm about to jump the border to go to canada <laughs> the reality <laughs> of it all but it's just things like that and it's i mean we've said it this entire podcast there are immigrants from so many other places that are undocumented and in on America's terms and by the government system aren't here properly but the ones that are scrutinized the most and the ones that have kids in cages that their parents are getting hysterectomies or moms are getting hysterectomies and like are being abused are unfortunately um, Latin American immigrants which makes no sense to me because they like I said before America's an indigenous land and all of Central America and South America and even North America is indigenous. And fucking white people, colonizer bullshit came here and was basically like, actually, you don't belong. And that's something that irks me because I know they basically did the same thing. And white people love doing this or white colonists like to love doing this. Where they'll go to a country that is someone else's. I mean, they obviously did it in Laos, in Vietnam. They're like, we're going to take this and we'll help you. But they didn't. <laughs> and um, same thing in Africa. They came to South Africa and were like, we're going to tell black people or Africans that they can't be here and this is whites only. I'm like, you yeah. took an entire continent of people and brought them somewhere else. And then you go back to that same continent and be like, you don't belong here. <laughs> like how, Like, how bold, you know? 
how bold and not in a fun way like me. Yeah. Like- um, yeah. So it, it, it's just weird to see like people hate on, what should we say? Should we say Latinx? Yeah. Latinx. I, to be I thought, I thought, that it's, I thought it's like Latin E. Like L-A-T-I-N-E. Oh, I thought I've that was like a new term. I've only seen Latinx. Well, let's just say Maybe. Latinx. Latinx works. Anyway, it, it's just weird to see um, the Latinx get and Latinx community gets so much heat for like what reason? It's like so insane. And like like Latifah said, like it is very traditional American to take sources from another country and then just like up and leave. Um, so when you had like the Becerra program, basically America was like, okay, Mexicans, come in, come and work for us, how? And then when they were done, they were like, okay, get the fuck out. Like, fuck out of here, hell. Um, and you see that over and over and over again. And the thing that I hate about it is that it just speaks to this sense of white, um, not superiority, but white. It's like a white protection. The... It's like a no, white no, fear. No, no. no I'm, I'm thinking of like, what is it when you like take something for granted? You're like, oh, like. Like whatever. Um, oh, I'll I'll explain what greedy? I'm talking about. Then no, I'll explain what I'm talking about, and then I will. I'll ask what word I'm thinking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like, it's like when this is a very specific example, but I hate this, and it speaks to what I'm talking about, which is white blank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I went to Mexico, it was so much fun, right? Whatever, but. I hated seeing white Americans come to Mexico and be like, Mexico is so much fun. I love the culture. Oh let, me get a, let me get a sombrero. I'm going to get a margarita. I love yes. it. Let's eat tacos. They're, they're like, hola. Or whatever. <laughs> Gracias. And then, and then come back and be like, fuck Mexicans. Yes. Build the wall, bitch. I don't know what word I'm thinking about. <laughs> I think white fragility personally, but I don't know. It's like, no, it's not like fragility. It's like, it's saying like, I don't know the fucking word, whatever <laughs> well, you think on that. But I, and that's something, but that's, I hate that it's, it's really irritating. And I think the American people has, they, we've been swayed to believe, to be upset at the wrong people because the way that the, the media portrays is like, we should hate let. Latinx immigrants because they're coming here, they're taking our jobs, drug whatever. whatever. They're drug dealers, rapists, kidnappers, all this bullshit. Which I'm like, how many um, serial killers of color do you really see in the news? Truthfully, know, right? serial rapists. How many do you see? Not a lot. Most of them are white, if not all. But anyway, that's not what I'm getting at. But people are being upset at the wrong people. Who are who's exploiting all these Latinx immigrants to work? Two to three dollars a day, twenty-five dollars a day to work in these fields to pick all this fruit, all these vegetables that we buy. And what job is that taking away from you? What Latinx immigrant is coming here, not knowing English or having to learn English, try to support their family, taking away from your office job? Like that's not a real thing. They're doing the jobs that you want. And if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at the people who are hiring these undocumented immigrants and exploiting them for work. That's where the money's going. If that's what you want and you want the American people to have um, what they're so much entitled to for it, 
then be mad at the right people. Like it's not it's not the immigrants fault that these companies are hiring them. These companies are willing to extort extort and exploit these workers because they want the cheap labor. They know they can get by and nobody's checking on them. So that's my viewpoint on it. And that's what really irritates me more than anything is like, well, they come here and they steal our jobs and they're doing all these things. I'm like, yeah, but like, why are they doing it? They're not going to come here if they don't, if there are no jobs here, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's things like that that I'm like, Um, people are ugly. Yeah. And it's like, I just feel like a lot of it is a scapegoatism. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, look at all these Latinx people, like they're doing all this shit and whatever else. It is a distraction from who is the real problem, which is white Americans. Bitch, there is a fucking school shooting like every two weeks. And guess who it is? The white guy. I'm like, hello, what do you... Like, like who's what? the violent one? Like, who's the violent one, ho? I mean, there's not any school shootings because guess what? School's at home now, ho. Right. Um, and don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, there, like every country has its issues with violence. And obviously, like, the cartels in um, Latin America are, like, a big issue but at the same time a lot of that unfortunately is america to blame like there's like proof that the american government has supplied cartels with like guns and there's obviously a demand for drugs in the u.s for what reason it's like because their americans want it like if there was no reason for them to do it and to push those things here then there wouldn't then there'd be no issue like these issues are made up because we put them and we set these up so it's I just I just wish that white Republicans or whatever also conservatives had more empathy Mm -hmm. because these are the bitches and this and I'm saying this like pretty much right after Ted Cruz like fled to Mexico (laughs) is that these bitches will go on vacation like I said in Mexico be like yes Mexicans queen um let me get uh, let me get a make pick too. Um, no, let me, let me get, get my hair braided. <laughs> yeah, let me get a fucking taco on the resort or whatever, and then come home and be like, build a wall. You do not deserve to come here. I don't understand suffering, and your country seems fine because I was on a resort like the whole time. You do um, not step hate- foot off of a resort, though, when you go to Mexico. Like, as soon as you step off, you'd probably be terrified because it it, it is a dangerous country and it is it's just, scary for yeah. its citizens and for other people. Yeah. And that's like, why they dude, come it, here. It's scary. Like, if someone wanted to, if someone, how do I say this? White conservatives don't know empathy until it happens to them. So when they see and when they hear stories about Latinx or specifically Mexican people talking about like, I don't know, the cartels or like how they're not making many, any they wanted to move and how they had to flee for their family. They don't understand how that feels until it happens to them. And, you know, it's not going to happen to them because they are white people in America. And I don't like that because, and I see it all the time with like healthcare is that white people really don't understand the suffering of a normal them until mm-hmm. they, they like get into a car accident and they're like, oh my God, like healthcare for all? That's a good idea. No, like especially after COVID, everybody's like, what do you mean I can't get medical treatment? I'm like, hello? Yeah. What do you, it's just so, yeah. it's, it's really unfortunate that it wasn't until COVID broke out that people were like, actually, everybody needs internet access. We all need healthcare and all these things. And it's like, yeah. Okay, but when we wanted it for people of color, low-income families, then it was a, eh, don't worry about it. They'll be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't know what I put. I don't know what point I had with that story, but I wanted to say that yes, Ted Cruz did go to Mexico, bitch ass, and he was going. First of all, there's a snowstorm in Texas, or there was, and he was like, "Let me go to Mexico. Let me bring my family to a safe place in Mexico where it's nice and warm and safe." Which, hello, that is what like Latinx immigrants are trying to do. So for you to do that and then. I don't know. I just thought it was. It very, was like very that ironic. Regina George meme. So it's like, so you agree people deserve yeah. refugee. They it's need like, refuge. So <laughs> then when the things get tougher, like circumstances are unbearable. And it's like, uh, it's just so, I hate to use the word irritating over and over again, but anybody I'd with like, like an open ugly. mind, I mean that too. Um, but like if anybody with an open mind would understand that, like it's, it's really scrutinizing to pin people against that when a any most immigrants, if not all immigrants, obviously come here for a better life. Right now, and and this is just me as an American, and I've been an American my entire life, and I've only lived in America. Right now, I wouldn't see an appeal because America is not even treating Americans right. Like American, America has made a joke of Americans in the last like four or five years, especially like with the presidency and like COVID and a bunch of things. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you're, you're piecing in, I'll say mine. Um, but what I was going to say is that, like, unfortunately, a lot of that's still better than what's going on in a lot of these um, countries back home for when, yeah. they, when they are, because cartels are very prevalent and they do run the they do run countries and cities and city states and things like that. Or you have places like East Africa where there's like constant war and like families are being torn apart, or even like years ago, Southeast Asia. It's like all these things happen and like people want a better life in America is supposed to be a country of promise where you can make a name for yourself and a life for yourself. And that's what we pride ourselves on. But as soon as somebody wants to do that, do you want to turn them away and tell them that they don't deserve it or they're not worthy of it, which makes no sense to me. Um, I'll say, I'll say, um, Oh God, fucking damn it. I forgot what I was going to say. What, what, what did you say? I was just saying that people come here, people come here for a better life. And even though it doesn't seem like it right now, at least in my perspective. I remember. I remember. Okay. Yes. I was going to say that. Yes. Even though my family is here and a lot of Southeast Asian families are here because of a war, we can be very thankful that we're here, but we can still remember that America had to take a lot of convincing. And just because we are thankful doesn't mean that we have to take this shit you know what i mean like we can want more you can be grateful but and that's what i that's how i feel all the time i'm like yeah american america has the potential to be a great country like right now i'm like yeah we're okay but until like people are like a lot of people of color aren't being killed in the street by police or we're allowing immigrants to um, become citizens and like the process to become a citizen is so time consuming and so ridiculous yeah. like most americans want to pass that test and things oh, like yeah. that like until we do things like that and we better this country for everybody to enjoy not just even enjoy it but enable to kind of get the benefits that are so promised and like upheld in our um our nationalities and just our history then i'm like what are we really working towards like why would you not let people just prosper and like, what is it that bothers people so much about it? But it's just really like that white superiority complex, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the time. I'll say, I'll say two things. One is that uh, during all this George Floyd um, stuff, 
that happened over the summer, I was listening to a podcast, and the podcast was two black drag queens. Um, and one of them, Bob, was like, this is the only time that I was like, where can I move? Like, I don't want to be in America anymore. Yeah. And I kind of was like, that's interesting because as a, I'm not a black person. Surprise. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but as a, I would think that like, yes, America is bad, but where can a black person go? That and it's better. Ha- yeah. That, that's either better or that has not had any touch of racism or like some type of black inferiority complex you know what i mean right and like a lot of people say like europe but it's like worse over there it's like that's like the same girl um yeah but i was like that's interesting for him to say that but that's what i think and i'm like yeah like you could stay in america but you can still be like grateful that you live in america but you could still like want more like and you can still like go out and like try and change the world and stuff um and you don't like have to move because i was like why would you move because like is it any better anywhere else like i'm not quite sure right and i think americans struggle with like an individuality um complex because and cool well because that's like a that's a thing that's like if you don't like it then move right and people say and it's so stupid because i think people struggle and there's like a comparison where it's like yeah get rid of student debt for people like i don't have student debt but like if that's gonna help millions of people able to kind of like lift a financial burden then like so be it or like yeah let yeah. undocumented immigrants have permits to work and things yeah. like i'm not undocumented but i could see that that would help the economy that would fix a lot of issues like i think a lot of americans have an issue if there is not a direct benefit for them then it doesn't matter and it doesn't need to happen there's no there's no benefit in it for them so there's it, it, no direct benefit that they can see with instant gratification so that's my issue. I'm like, you can want a better America for yourself, but also others because you're not the only person in the country. Like, that's yeah. what really gets me about it. Yeah, it's, it's, America has this very weird thing about individuality. And you see it with like the mask. Like, I don't want to wear a mask, even though yeah. it helps everyone else. I don't want immigrants to be here, even though like I'm an immigrant or whatever. And I don't want, uh, I don't want healthcare for all, even though, you know, that would help everyone else, but whatever else. Mm-hmm. you know fuck them or whatever um i'll say that and then i wanted to say that as we close the video video you, podcast oh hello <laughs> <laughs> you i you, i sound like that one girl that got water on her hello, hello? <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude what the fuck is your spice is your area she can't do that to you <laughs> um <laughs> uh i wanted to say that if you are a person that knows someone that is very anti-immigrant, especially if you are an Asian person, I would implore you to really talk to them. If they're your parents or they're your grandparents, most likely, I would implore you to really talk to them and really hand them a reminder because I think that's what they need. I think that's I think they need a little reminder about what it was like when they came to the U.S. and how hard they had to struggle and they need a reminder to be like, you know how hard it was for you? That's how hard it was for them. So don't be fucking coming around here and being like, no Mexicans or whatever because that just doesn't make any sense. Because, bitch, that was you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that was you, bitch. And to be, in all honesty, 
No, because it's not it's not something to compare. But a lot of like we said, like we Southeast Asian immigrants, like you have a reason to be upset with Americans like they treated Southeast Asians like shit during a lot of these wars or like South Asians too, like Koreans and Japanese and even Chinese. It's like they treated them like shit. And then they came here and you kind of got a taste of the good life or you prove like, well, they're okay with me now. Let's shit on somebody else. It's like you can't a lot of the time the oppressed become the oppressor, unfortunately. And I think that that's a cycle that I hope that we will grow out of because there's no there's no gaining in that. Like, I don't understand why people have to be oppressive in some way. And I get that there's just like a natural hierarchy of things or like there's an order of things like with leadership and such. But at the same time, it's like, why would you persecute people or just want to just demean people because you can like there's no benefit in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just want to say like, if, if you do know a person like that, that's very anti-immigrant or they're very conservative and they are a person of color for whatever reason, send them my way so I can beat their ass. <laughs> Tell them, fuck you. Um, no, <laughs> they most likely they don't know their history. And I think that's the big reason is that they don't know their history because as a person of color, I view our experiences as very, very different, but at the same time, very similar. Um, And I always say this is that as a person of color, bitch, if it's not you, it's me. Like if you saw a Japanese internment, the Japanese Americans were the first group that when they were putting kids in cages, they were like, bitch, you need, no. Like, you cannot do that because you already did that to us. You cannot do that to another group. Mm-hmm. So when I say if if it's not you, it's me as a person of color. If it's not Asian people, it's going to be Black people. If it's not Black people, it's going to be Mexican people. If it's not Mexican people, it's going to be, you know, Native American people or whatever else. They're, white people will always try and, like, find a group and, like, you know, demonize them or whatever else. Mm-hmm. So as a person of color, we really have to stick together. And like I said, when... People were being put in cages when Latin and Mex- Latin whatever Latin what? X oh. <laughs> people were being put in cages. The Japanese people in the Japanese community, especially like George Takei, who was actually mm-hmm. in a Japanese internment camp, he was like, "Bitch, you need to stop. Like, you already did this." And first of all, American people, you never apologize, right? So like, it's not even talked like, about. Yeah, like, hello. Um. So, yes, if you know a person like that, bitch, you need to teach them. You need to give them a history lesson. You need to, like, put some empathy in their soul or something. Because that, I think, is one of the ways. But I, for me, it's, like, the only way that they're really going to understand. Right. Or you could yell at them. Whatever. Beat their ass. At this point, sometimes beating the somebody's ass is, like, the only way they'll learn, unfortunately. But if you would fight, would you fight, Tifa? Would maybe. you fight someone? It it depends. Depends on if depends on the mood you catch me in, to be honest. Like if uh, you saw like someone like I don't know, push an elder, would you be like, bitch, get back here? Yeah, I would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Cause like my issue with that, and I mean we can we'll do a whole other episode on that. Like yeah. there's a plan for that. But my issue with that off the top is just like, why would you pick on somebody that you know you that can't fight you back? My issue is a lot of things. <laughs> But we can get into that. We can do that at a different time. But yeah. I, I'll say this. Damn it. Um, <laughs> the biggest takeaway here. 
the the takeaway here is that education is really what's important in this and obviously like i i've advocated for this for like black history and such but it's also for asian history and um latinx native american that history too like if we don't know and if we're not sharing that or we're letting that be forgotten um and to kind of tie it to what calvin said earlier it's like when family members pass and like those stories aren't there anymore we don't hear them then you kind of lose a part of that journey and you kind of lose that sense of understanding and like building of where you come from. And I think that that's really important to kind of at least acknowledge and have some awareness of because that's why people forget. I mean, what Chinese railroad, Chinese people working on railroads and Asian Americans working on railroads was about a hundred years ago. And like, were those grandparents talking to that with their kids or their grandkids and like saying like, yeah, we were treated really badly and things, but now it's just like, eh, it's cool. We're fine. Let's build a wall fuck these black people getting shot by police it's like where what where is the line so i think opening conversation is really important for things like this um and just remaining educated and like do your own research like yeah, you bitch, can't you can't trust research. what we, we've learned that we can't trust what we've learned in school like very much so uh so you have to kind of take it upon yourself to learn about yourself and I think I've said this about myself where it's like, yeah, sometimes you have to be your own role model and like your own hero and take care of yourself in some situations. And this is unfortunately kind of one of them. So yeah, that's, that's how I feel. And if, if you're a person our age and you're anti-immigrant, bitch, fuck you. (laughs) And also, bitch, bitch, I, I know I know you don't know your history, ho. I know you never asked your grandparents how it was like to be an immigrant. Because if you would, you'd be like, very different. But anyway, moving on. Goodbye. <laughs> That's our show. So That's sorry. Show, if you, <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit more um, anger. It was a today. long one, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to share because like you said, we have very different immigrant um, backgrounds and... Both of ours are very different than what you'll hear from other East or Southeast Asian um, friends or immigrant families because a lot of them do are sponsored or like are in refugee camps for months at a time or even years at a time sometimes. And both of us are really fortunate that that wasn't the case. Uh, my mom wasn't from like a war-torn country, not at that point in time. Um, so it's it's interesting to see. But yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay, bye, you guys. Bye. I'm going to go bye.